Hey, this is post-production Pavlo here. Just jumping on here real quick before we get started with today's episode, just to let you know that one, I just want to give a, a quick shout out to all my listeners. Thank you so much uh, for listening. It's interesting to see uh, people from all over the world uh, listening uh, that I never thought would actually listen uh, to the show. So thank you. Second thing is that this is a two-part episode. If you didn't catch it, in the title so make sure you come back next week or if it's the future make sure you listen to the next episode to hear the rest of our discussion so enjoy okay so you are listening to aim for the bushes i am your podcast person pablo and with me as always is my recording partner maggie and today we have a special guest with us we have another podcast person my good friend christian say hello christian hi hey all right, so before we get into it, uh, just a couple of things, disclaimer things. If this is your first time listening or this is your second time listening, just to let you know, our opinions that we express here are just like our own opinions. So we're not necessarily saying that any other viewpoint is incorrect or anything like that. And the reason why I say this, I'm saying this to Christian as I'm recording this. The reason why I say this is because... Some of the things that like I discuss on here isn't just necessarily like pop culture stuff. Sometimes I talk about like larger, I guess you could say, more serious things. But obviously, people have different viewpoints of things. So I'm not trying to say that my opinion or your opinion or anyone else's opinion here is the the right quote unquote right opinion. Definitely not. Right? It's just my opinion. So that's just so people out there listening know that like yes, you can have differing opinions. You can disagree with what we say today or any other episode, whatever. But just to let you know, so it's not serious. It's okay. You can have a different thought. We're not saying what we're saying is 100% right answer, right? It's God, just, God, I hope not. I hope that's not just, the expectation here. No, <laughs> the pressure's on. <laughs> uh, yeah, so today we're going to be discussing a article that I had read, that Christian has also read, Yep. that kind of talked about how like films like The Dark Knight... And the Marvel films have kind of like set kind of like a precedent towards um, the future of filmmaking, really. Mm-hmm. All right. They had a big influence, especially a film like The Dark Knight had like a huge influence on um, kind of like how films are like presented, kind of like the tone and look that they've taken. Oh, yeah. Since it has come out uh, in the show notes for this thing, I will for this episode, I will link the article there. So anyone who's interested can go and read it. It's not a very long article, no. but it does talk about like the aesthetics of film. So that kind of like it's uh, also a really well researched article. Yeah. That's the other thing. That's why I also link articles here because, like, I myself don't do research. Well, I don't say I don't do research. I do read, like, articles and stuff. But, like, when we're talking about things here, like, I don't have, like, a list of, like, a bibliography of, like, all my notes and sources right. and all that stuff. Because if we've noticed about anything in our modern world, none of that stuff matters. No. So <laughs> I'm not personally <laughs> going to go about – because part, partly I don't have time to actually go and, like, this is not my full-time job, so I don't have time to go, like, go and, like, research everything well. But I will read things that have been well-researched. Yeah. So you can go read those things, and they'll have all their sources and stuff like that. So either way, we're good on that That's front. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, it is, like, well-researched. But it brought out this thing that I have been thinking about in terms mm-hmm. of, like, the aesthetic of film – uh, since the Dark Knight has come out, uh, using that as its like main uh, example, and so what we see with the Dark Knight is like a lot of. Um, I know you're gonna have a, a point countering this, but like for yep. a lot of people, though, 
because we did we did speak we did you know you know we did speak a little bit about we this did before discuss, we started it rolling yes. yeah 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 for sure um but for a lot of people though the dark knight is uh, a film that is let's say grounded in reality how it presents batman right so for a lot of people it's like batman it's not necessarily a new take on Batman, but it's a more like grounded, realistic, quote unquote, realistic take on Batman. It's mm -hmm. like what was super. I remember reading different reviews on The Dark Knight and Batman Begins as well. Yeah, that this is like Batman, like if you were in the real world, right? And so this is like what we have now deemed, not me personally, but in the world have deemed the gritty reboot kind of thing, right? Yeah, it was definitely like one of those huge examples of where the trend started off. Let's let's just take a, uh, a second here to talk about like Batman. Okay. Right. So obviously Batman's a comic started like in the 30s, right? Yes, in 1938. Okay. It, it recently it actually it rec no not 1930 yeah uh, 1939 I think 1938 1939 late 30s because it, it recently celebrated Detective Comics recently celebrated its 1,000. I, I bought that issue because yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, 1,000. Okay, I'll buy yeah. it. And then last year was Action Comics. Yeah, I so, bought that too. Yeah. It's like the only, because like I, I read and like collect comics, but mainly Marvel yeah. slash Image Comics, not really DC too much. But I did get those 1,000th uh, issues. They're big, those, too. They're like big, heavy books. Super thick. Yeah, it's yeah. a little anthology. Oh, it yeah. almost feels like a trade paperback. Oh, yeah. And then they had 10 covers yeah, yeah. for every, representing every decade that uh, Batman has been. Is, was it 10 covers? Yeah, I think it was close to I know to for Action Comics it was 10 covers. Yeah. I got the one like from the 50s, I think. Yeah, I picked, I picked them all up. Oh, you got them all? I, I got just got all. one because they're like 10 bucks. <laughs> Which one like, did you get? Uh, for uh, for Batman? Yeah, uh, I don't remember it. I'd have to go find okay. it. I don't remember. They're beautiful. They're, They're really, nice. They're nice. Really I cool. like them. And they they really picked some tremendous artists to work on those covers, which is yeah, really yeah. nice. Nice. So yes, that's a little tangent. Uh, don't worry though. Sorry I have a ton that. of I have a ton of other episodes I've done. That I'm always <laughs> going on like a little tangent. So it's all good. It's in line. It's okay, a, that's good. our theme. This is the theme of the podcast. In case you haven't been paying attention, it's yeah, tangents. Yeah. Yeah, tangents. Right. Love it. Um, yeah. So yeah, Batman starts in the '30s. Uh, I've never read really like early Batman comics. Like okay. for me, like what I know of Batman is the sixties. The yeah TV the show Adam West Adam West Ward TV show. Yeah. Now, if you haven't seen that, go and watch it because there, there were also this, the serials before that. Yeah. You know that were pretty. You know that were important in terms of like how we understood the Batman, like how it works on screen. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But the '60s show was so iconic. Oh my the god, the '60s show. I think that like eclipses like almost anything. I would agree. And hey. Batman related, especially because yeah. like because it, it was only on the air for like two years, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. It had. A sh I mean, it had a short it came lifespan. Out in 66. But they also had they also had the the feature film that yeah. they did, and it was wildly popular. Yeah, that's what I'm saying though. Even though it like it had a short run, yeah. it's massive, massive implications on like pop culture, like the um, the effects coming up on screen, right? Yeah, when they got never whenever they got yeah, into the a fight onomatopoeias, scene. yeah, yeah, the like bam and whiff and yeah. poof and all that stuff. Uh, the theme music, yeah, everyone knows the Batman 1966 theme, like so. It's really like stood the test of time in terms of like its cultural relevance. I would say definitely, yeah. But the thing is, it's very campy. Oh, uh, very campy. Delightfully so. <laughs> it's good. That's what makes it good. And Adam West, I don't think you could find like a better like person like to play into that. He played it so straight. <laughs> he played it wonderfully straight. Oh like, my god! Despite what he had to work with, 
It was yeah. wonderful. Do you watch The Simpsons? Oh yeah. So you know when he, when when they're at that comic convention, they're like, "Hey, it's Adam West." Yeah. And they're like, "Who?" <laughs> <laughs> and then they go talk to him, and then he's just complaining about like how Batman doesn't dance anymore and stuff like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, or even Adam West's own tenure on oh Family Guy as the mayor. Of, oh yeah, true, yeah. true. But I like that better though. Just I that one thing than, Fair enough. than yeah. his appearances on uh, Family Guy. But yeah. anyways. So pretty much from the sixties, mm-hmm. we don't until like the eighty nine Tim Burton film. Yeah, we don't really have anything like in terms of superhero films. We pretty much have Superman. That's right. Yeah, like in a major way. I know there's some smaller ones. Like I know there's like Punisher. Yep, stuff like that. There's the I think there was a Captain America one. Uh, no, the Captain America one came out after the eighty nine Batman. That one came out after. Okay. Yeah. But like, uh, oh, Howard the Duck. Sorry, that's what I was thinking of. That's right. right. One of the first Marvel properties to be adapted into film. Howard the Duck. Watch that if you really want to ruin your night. (laughs) If you want to appreciate where we've come, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a weird. That's got like duck tits in it. Like, oh, it's it's, unbelievably. You have to see it. Yeah. yeah. It's you have to see it to believe it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) You think uh, that's a joke? It's like no, 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 no. That's in there. (laughs) But yeah, so you don't have much. Basically, the only viable like option like for comics and film is like Superman. DC fair. Until we get the so you have the Superman series from like the seventies. Yep. With um, Christopher Reeve, and then pretty Richard much, Donner. Richard Donner yeah, directed. Yeah. Directing the first two. Yep. And then you have Superman three and four, which we which, shall not speak of. The fourth one was actually it went away. Terrible. I remember watching that as a kid. The fourth one. Yeah. So the first three were directed were directed. So the studio behind them was Warner Brothers. Yeah. And then Canon Pictures. Yeah. Picked up the rights for the fourth one. Yeah. And that's why you get that kind of disaster. But uh, but it also, you know, they had Christopher Reeves come back. Yeah. For okay. that and that well, it was basically he was getting tired of not having the kind of creative input mm. that he believed he deserved on the Superman movies. Mm. And so, you know, Golem and, well, Menachem Golan and Globus, uh, the two producers that were responsible for Canon Pictures were like, you can make any movie you want with us. <laughs> and so that's why it has this preachy war okay. kind of theme to it. Yeah. And, the, of course, the budget was slashed. For that picture like halfway through which is why so many of the effects are unfinished and seem kind of subpar for when mm. you even when you watch like the original like the first dick donner movie superman yeah. like they look worse somehow if that's believable yeah. yeah yeah so we have that basically we have superman that's it and then mm-hmm. we get 1980 now we get batman and then we when we get this batman from tim burton it's yep. not like the 60s because I, I i think like People had been tired of like this kind of like kitschy, campy, colorful Batman. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people. Like, it was a different you, time too. It was the late '80s. Yeah, late '80s, different time. You have uh, a couple of graphic graphic novels that come out. Oh that yeah, kind of like shifted the tone, like in comics. Big ones. So you know you have like Watchmen and stuff like that, yeah. and then you had Re- the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, right. Which is good. I like what. Go read Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns if you yeah. haven't yet. Those are like really good. But yeah, those present like a big shift in kind of like how comics are seen as like a literary source. Oh, definitely. And sure. I think even aesthetically speaking, mm-hmm. like you had Neil Adams, I believe at that point had had a really um, sort of striking run illustrating and writing for Batman where mm-hmm. he really, that was when Batman really became a man in a suit. Yeah. You know, to have that 
that real grounded, like, you know, really um, like physicalized um, impression that we have of Batman of like this caped crusader and mm-hmm. him being wounded and tired and all of those okay. real sort of like, yeah. So Neil, Neil Adams, I, I believe had already, you know, penned his run on that. Okay. Um, so yeah, but yeah, because like I'm no no, it's totally good. Because like yeah. I'm not as like familiar with like Batman like the comic right character. Because like I said, the first real thing was like the car- the animated series. Yeah, because uh, I never really read Batman comics like growing up, right or whatever. So like I had seen like I said the animated series. I'd seen uh, Batman. The 1989 Tim yeah. Burton film and Batman Returns. Well, I mean, but I pretty much as a kid, I I am of the opinion as someone yeah. who's a huge fan of yeah Batman, uh, especially comics wise. Was I think a lot of people can and do regard Batman the animated series as not just a TV or cartoon adaptation, but as source material in and of itself, mm. which is interesting. It really does like for a lot of people, it it's pure canon, mm. you know. And I think it's because of like it. it the additions of characters like Harley Quinn mm. and you know, th- they were also one of the first to put an origin story on screen with mask of the phantasm. Mm, mm. And I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, exactly. You know, like the original, the Tim Burton Batman didn't have an origin story. You really just jump oh, just in flashbacks. That's yeah. right. He's already established. Exactly. That, right? Whereas, you know, mask of the phantasm, like you get to see Bruce Wayne acquiring the skills that he uses to be Batman from mm. the martial arts to the more magical theatrical elements. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's cool. Sorry about that. No, yeah. No, so, no. so, so no, that's no, like, good. like a lot of, like it operates in this sort of like liminal space where it can be, at least certainly I do consider it as both source material and adaptation of source material because it was so mm-hmm. um, germinal. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. For sure. But like, okay, so just sticking with film, just for Please. a second. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we get this look of Batman now that we haven't really seen since like our last impression of Batman, like on a large cultural popular scale, is the '60s yeah. TV series and That's movie right. starring Adam West. And Tights. then we come back. Yeah, the tights, the like, like the cartoony yeah. villain, the little ears, yeah. the short cape, Robin with his like bathing suits yeah even, much. even the batmobile like yeah. you know the the batmobile which was at the time it was they used a, Link, a lincoln a lincoln yeah. futura yeah, which yeah. was a concept car yeah. and uh yeah and like, yeah like, so we have a completely reimagined batman now oh yeah and that's like you could arguably say is darker oh yeah and we have sure. a robin like we had a robin we had a robin now we, no there's robin, no robot because there had been a lot of innuendo from the comics and the tv series like batman and robin being gay because it's like not there's anything wrong with that, but you have like <laughs> you well, have I don't know have, it's but it's some men it's some men living well, together well one older man and a younger boy teenager, boy yeah living together people oh man there's <laughs> another tangent here because you had people like in the 50s and 60s and stuff like that with comics thinking that well. It was Older generations always think that every little thing that people are interested in is going to corrupt everyone. Absolutely. Much, right? So comics was one of those Demonized. At a certain point. Right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So this idea that you have these two men living together, this older man who is a bachelor, has this young boy. Uh, they go out and fight crime. I don't know what the gay about that, going out to fight crime together, but apparently that's too much. Yeah. No, they live in the same house. That's right. It was, yeah, no. You know, so there's all this, like, innuendo about it. So, and then obviously with the camp and kitschiness of the 60s TV series, yeah. not that that necessarily played up 
any stereotypes. At least I don't think so. But then when you think about it, like it, it's well known that behind the scenes of the 60s Batman TV show that Burt Ward and Adam West were like knee deep in orgies. Oh, yeah. I've seen and read some of their stuff. And I'm yeah. just like, okay. So the, crazy time to be alive. That's right. You know, <laughs> exactly. Like it was so 60s. Yeah. That this all this idea of like this super strange kind of part puritanical, part witch hunt aspect or, you know, a regard on that that you know culture had on comic books at the time is like there's it's a huge really fascinating subject that's definitely worth like reading if if you have any kind of mm-hmm. love or passion for comics mm-hmm. like it's it's bonkers when you think about how villainized and demonized comic books were yeah in the same way that like all these weird things like D was in the 80s yep. and that video games are now and yep yeah okay so yeah so we have that so that kind of interpretation from the 60s and now we come to 1989 yeah well late 80s because the film came out in 1989 but obviously they filmed before that oh yeah all right and so now we're having a new interpretation of batman one that we can say is like darker we have tim burton who's been known for like beetlejuice yeah before this i'm sure a few other things yeah um you know who has like he's has an aesthetic for sure definitely yeah. Right? So a lot darker. He's kind of like seeing those weird... Yeah, goth, very gothic, yeah. very Baroque. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of thing. So now we have Batman, as we said before. He's already established in the film. Like, uh, we don't see his transformation into Batman, right? No. He's already a presence. He's already like a force that's kind of like taking over Gotham. Yeah. And like, it's the the aesthetic of the film, like as you mentioned, is like very gothic. Yeah. You kind of have like Gotham that has like these big kind of like statues and stuff like oh, yeah. that. Very dark scene. We have Michael Keaton. Yes. Who's Bruce Wayne and Batman. A controversial casting. Controversial casting. Yeah. Oh, always. Like we just heard that Robin Pattinson yep. has been cast as Batman apparently. People yep. freaking out. No one seems to remember. Like even when Ben Affleck was cast as Batman, <laughs> people were upset. Definitely. Michael Keaton being cast as Batman. I don't remember much controversy about Christian Bale. No. I think a lot That's of people were like, I was like, Christian Bale wants to do this movie? Sweet. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch that. <laughs> right? So yeah, Michael. Because Michael Keaton was known as like a comedic. That's right. Actor. Oh, he was a comedian. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. He was Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom, we have Beetlejuice, like we mentioned yeah. before. Like, yeah. he wasn't seen as, like, who could do Batman. I don't know why, but, yeah, you know. But then he gives out a good performance in the film. Definitely. Gotham looks kind of like 1930s, 1940s. Like, it's aesthetic. Yes. Right? Oh, Even yeah. though it's modern, I would assume it's, like, modern day. Yeah. But it has the look of, like, the 50s, 100%. 40s, right? Oh, yeah. So we have this new interpretation with, with of a lot of '80s flair, yeah, yeah, as well. You know, you have this wonderful extended sequence with a Prince song, yeah, and then Joker that's the wearing, other thing. Like, that's the other thing, decked out in purple, and is like the sound. Yeah, you have Prince doing the soundtrack, yeah, for for Batman. 1989. Yeah. You have Bat Dance. That's right. I don't know if you've ever seen the music video for Bat Dance. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Insane. Go listen if you can find it. I don't know. I know Prince was very yeah. uh, particular about having his music available yeah. in like a downloadable or streamable format. Yeah, that's fair. I think the one album he did not have control of was the Batman soundtrack hmm. because it was for the film. So yeah. I think Warner Brothers oh, yeah, for sure. owns it. Oh, yeah. 100%. But I, I don't know how much his state has like changed since like he's died in terms of like Good having point. his music available. But yeah. like, because I, I know for a long time like there was no YouTube videos for any of Prince's songs and stuff like that. I think yeah. like only stuff from the Batman soundtrack 
was like the only thing so cool. that you could find like that's such online. A, such an interesting bit of trivia, right? Yeah, there. that's that's just. Oh, oh my god! Just speaking of Prince, go watch. Uh, anyone listening, go watch Kevin Smith. Smith talk about making talk that about documentary for Prince. Oh god, <laughs> that's insane! Go watch that if you want to know a little bit more about how crazy Prince is. Like, yes. Even though he's like a musical genius, but crazy oh, yeah. nonetheless. Um, yeah, so now we're reintroduced to Batman, like I have said for like the millionth time. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? In this film, though. But, but it was a big change, though. And it was a big film to come out. I remember, like, as a kid, Batman, like, coming out in this movie. I, I remember more Batman Returns, because, like, when Batman 89 came out, I was, like, three years old. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I think Returns came out in 92. Yeah. So it was, like, six. That sounds right. Yeah. Five or six. So I was a little bit more conscious, like, of these things. So I, I remember that. I, I remember getting a book as a kid about, like, the making of okay. Batman Returns and stuff like that. Man, that's cool. So uh, so I remember that movie a little bit more, like, yep. when it actually came out compared to the first film. But I know, like, reading about it now and stuff like that, and as I got older reading about it, like, yep. that was kind of, like, a big shift. And it had to be, like, successful. Definitely. You know, because you had, like, like, some minor Marvel Comics movies come out before. No. That... No, 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 like Howard the Duck and like Punisher. And oh, stuff like yeah. That, right? You had right, some right, right. small superhero movies come out Definitely. before, but they had not performed well. Basically, the only thing that had performed well at the Superman. box office was Superman. So Batman coming out in 1989, directed by Tim Burton with Michael Keaton, at least for the future of comic book movies, had to be a success. Yep. And it was. like Absolutely. People like still love it now. Oh, yeah. Right? But then with the Batman series, so... We move on now to like Batman Returns, right? Yeah. Sequel, basically the same like I don't want to say whole creative team coming back because I don't know if every single person came back, but we had like Michael Keaton come back. We had director Tim Burton come back. Yep. Uh, on those, we had the addition of uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny Catwoman, DeVito. Danny DeVito, Christopher Walken, Christopher Walken, right? So yeah. like it was a big thing, a big sequel. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was like yeah it was definitely a highly anticipated sequel mm -hmm. yeah so now we kind of have Batman in this more like I'm not gonna say realistic role but a darker role compared to like what we had seen before yeah in these two films that yeah. have come out directed by Tim Burton because a lot of people see this original Batman series kind of like descending into like uh, craptastic fanfare yeah or like schlock or whatever schlock. i think that's a perfect term for it you yeah. know and so when, when we get to batman returns uh sorry batman returns when we get to batman forever right we have a casting change director casting. change oh yeah right i enjoy batman forever like it's a to me it's a fun film yeah like oh, it's fun and it has it has a great song by seal <laughs> kiss from, from a rose, rose. You can't go wrong you with that. You can't go wrong with that. Hey, so you have Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Tommy Lee Jones. As Two-Face. Harvey Dent. Yeah. Uh, that's the one with Nicole Kidman, right? It is with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. yeah. That's not Kim Basinger. Was she playing the same character? Or no. Or a different character? No, different wasn't character. Vicky vale. It wasn't Vicky Vale. Okay. So no. she's playing a new character. You have, yeah. You have Val Kilmer. You have Chris O'Donnell. Oh, Val Kilmer. Right? Yeah. Val Kilmer in that role. And it's it's a little silly. It's a little silly. Yeah, but that's fine. It was a it was a it, that one in particular, especially considering where it was headed. You could tell that this was how do we market these movies, make these movies more for kids. Yeah, for sure. There was like a definitely a tonal shift. Like yeah, because Batman Batman Returns is arguable whether or not it's appropriate for children. Yeah, you know when you have like you know the baby you know a cobble pot like the baby penguin eating other things in its stroller and all those kinds of weird yeah, yeah, images yeah, yeah. yeah 
It's a little bit grotesque. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we have that shift for, from Batman Forever and then uh, Batman and Robin, Robin yeah. which is like the ultimate schlock slash cheese slash whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, well, I mean, what happened was insane. Batman, Batman Forever comes out. It does really well at the box office, but more than anything, the, what they managed to do was sell a shitload of toys. Yeah. Yeah. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. They did a sh- they sold a shitload of toys. No, for sure. And then it was how do we how do we crank that up to eleven for the sequel? Yeah. And it just went off the reins. They had George Clooney, they brought in it was like who's popular right now? Oh, we have Alicia Silverstone, let's bring her, <laughs> let's in. Bring her in. Arnold's kind of popular, let's bring him in. Oh, Uma Thurman's available, let's bring her in. Oh, it's crazy oh my god and because it just gets the world that they live in gets just more and more fantastical with every film Obviously. like the architecture of the city like doesn't make sense it doesn't have to make sense but no it's just no. insane and like, there's like neon <laughs> everywhere for for some reason like batman forever and batman and robin embrace like this like neon glowing yeah. gl- like glow like fluorescent yeah stuff yeah like okay insane. that's a thing now like apparently. the buildings that they're on are like these massive like statue buildings yeah they're like carved in a way that it's like a person or whatever like yeah. those like large buildings there's ice skating yes there is there's an extended ice skating oh, sequence it's like it's also insane. immensely quotable yeah like it has batman and robin especially oh, yeah. you know like, what killed the dinosaurs the ice age <laughs> yeah. you know All ice those, to like, meet you classic one-liners yeah. from arnold yeah like it's just a mess it's a big mess i understand like why like from i think i came out in 1998 batman and robin oh yeah 97 98 we'd have, we'd have to check it out yeah and then you don't hear from Batman until we get to Batman Begins. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Right? So that's like the next iteration of Batman that we get to. So just before we move on to like Christopher Nolan's trilogy and then brings us back to the Dark Knight, which is where we started. But we always have our like little divergence of tangents. But also to kind of bring up the history of like Batman and like comic book films. Yeah. Just so we know like where did we come from to get to this point from Absolutely. when the Dark Knight comes it's, out. It is important. Right? So... At, at the end of those four original films of Batman, right? Obviously, we see it kind of goes off the rails. It becomes a little bit more silly. Mm-hmm. And, all, and part of it is motivated by, like, Pure, selling toys. Yeah, corporate corporate Capitalism. Incentive. That's yeah. the other theme of this thing. It's like capitalism is, capitalism is evil. <laughs> and yeah. so this is what it drives the film now yeah. is to cre- sell toys more so than actually tell a story. But as we've seen, like, we have, like, as, as we said, it gets a little bit more silly, a little more goofy. Mm-hmm. But like the roots of that goofiness were always there in yeah. Batman. Oh, and it's in it's in the Tim Burton stuff. Yeah, it's in there. Like if you uh, we were talking about this earlier, like Batman Returns especially cuz like the first <laughs> Batman film, it is there are some goofy elements like the Joker like painting, dancing yeah. to Prince uh in the art gallery and all yeah. that stuff. That that's goofy. Like yeah. You can't not say it's goofy, but it's good. It's it works. It's fine. Oh, it definitely it's, works. I love it. Like it's good. Like I wouldn't take it out no. To service like the idea that has to be like super realistic or whatever. But Please no, no. That's fine. Or when he has that super comically long gun that's when right. he's shooting down the thing. Yeah. Like that's fine. That all works. Because it's silly. It's fantastical. That's part of the point of Yeah, when he shoots down the bat wing. Yeah. Yeah. Of any like film or comic or book or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like there's a fantastical element to it. That's what makes it art, at least to me. Yes. Right? So, um Where was I going with this now? <laughs> uh well we were talking about um, how you know you, you, the the roots of this? Oh yes, yes, yes. In Batman Forever. Yeah. Right. If you remember what the main 
plot is or what the main Batman villains returns. Batman Returns sorry that's what I mean yeah for Batman Returns remember what the plot is of like our evil character played by Christopher Walken who's the mayor is he the mayor of that uh, yeah so he yeah so he's the head Max Shrek is yeah. head of a big corporation okay right that Selena Kyle about. works for yeah. no but then he runs for mayor oh he runs for mayor that's yeah. it yeah and along and like he no he tries no it's he tries to get Oswald Cobblepot to run for mayor. Oh, because he wants to control him. Like, right? Yeah, yeah, be yeah. The puppet master. And fun fact, and if if I may, fun yes, fact. Go ahead. So Christopher Walken's character's name is Max Shrek. Max Shrek is the name of the actor who played Nosferatu in the original oh, Black and White. Oh, that's a good film. I yeah. love German. Just FD Mernhauer or yeah. Mernhauer, whatever his name. Is. Yeah. I do love German expressionist film. Very good stuff. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay, Little cool. aside, yeah. German expressionist film from the twenties. Very good. Very. Which good. was a huge influence on Tim Burton and Tim Burton's aesthetic. Yeah, that makes sense. It all ties together, but. Uh, no good good german expressionist okay thank you expressionism thank you. um but yeah so if you remember the plot of that film like max shrek his whole thing is he wants to build a giant capacitor which is like a giant battery essentially to hoard all the energy all the electricity in gotham so that he can like drive up the prices of electricity <laughs> yeah <laughs> and oh, hoard it. oh but, and then the, the climax are is like a, an army of penguin suicide yeah. bombers there's that there's selena kyle getting licked back to life by cats like yeah that is pretty goofy super goofy right that's pretty campy so. like like, oh, like it's there. Like it's not just the later films. Like it's there. Like that. Makes... No, and the performances are over the top. Yeah, of course. Like in a in a great way. Like yeah. Selena Kyle, both as the sort of like shy, mousy kind of secretary. Michelle Pfeiffer is playing a heightened version of that. And then when she's Catwoman, she very much plays this sort of like heightened. Even the way th- that she speaks and moves, everything is over the top, and. You know, Danny DeVito as the Penguin. No DeVito. one, yeah. no one would expect a sort of subdued performance, uh, especially in that role, um, as this pseudo, almost cannibalistic yeah. creature penguin. Yeah, it's weird. Like it's yeah. it's goofy and it's yeah. campy. Like, but I think part of it has to be because we're talking about a person that dresses up as a bat. It's a comic book character you know yeah. to fight crime it has to be larger like, than life it's it's a goofy premise just yeah. in and of itself right so, but there's nothing wrong with it that's no. fine that's what makes the movies enjoyable i think is yes. having like a little element of uh, those kind of things yeah obviously you can go too far with it like when we get to like batman and robin yeah and then you're kind of like uh let's dial it back a little bit that's right because right? you, you all of a sudden it becomes so much like a cartoon that it lacks it becomes all like of, a parody like of it, itself it becomes almost. a parody of itself pretty much that's right right so then so now that we have that and then we get to batman begins yep right and this is kind of like what the article that we had read kind of touches on mm-hmm. batman begins slash the dark knight because now we have a new interpretation of batman though yeah right that a lot of people i remember when it was announced or when it had to come out especially uh before the dark knight had come out that like you know this was like Batman going back to like his roots mm-hmm. in the comics, yeah. You know, being more fo- being more grounded. We get our first origin story of yeah. Batman as well on, in a, on film, yeah, in a live action film. Yeah, exactly. So like we have this new interpretation. Like I said, it's more grounded and real. That was the main thing I remember when these movies were coming out. Yeah, the Nolan films was that it's more grounded, it's more realistic. It's like what a superhero would be if he lived in the real world. Well, yeah, I'm not forgetting that it by uh, many people's metrics, you know, like Batman isn't really a superhero. Like mm. he's a he's a detective. He's yeah, he's a vigilante. Vigilante. Yeah. You know, he has no superpowers. I mean, in the comic books, you know, you can argue that you know 
Batman has physical attributes that surpass any known Olympian or whatever. And that, you know, his intelligence and all that kind of stuff could surpass, like, what we consider to be normal human norms. Yeah. Uh, But no, but I mean, he's still a human being. He's flesh and blood. He's not a Kryptonian. You know, he wears, you know, like, as... Okay, he's not wearing hockey pads, as they say in The Dark Knight, but he's still a dude in a suit. Yeah, he's still a dude in a suit. It's still fantastical elements, though, right? Like you said, like the super intelligent, super strength, although not like superhero super strength, but still stronger than like an average person. Yeah. Lends itself to fantastical elements a little bit, I think. But yeah, so that's what we're coming to with like Batman Begins, Dark Knight, both. uh, Well, Batman Begins was a successful film. Like, I remember. It was, yeah. Like,. Not like, like the Dark Knight. Like Dark Knight, like that was like everywhere. I remember Dark Knight. No, came out. but I think I think everyone walked away. I think Batman Begins. It was a good setup. Yeah, and it was also a lot of people walked away from that going like that was a good superhero movie, but that was just a good movie. Yeah. Like I could take people who aren't who don't like superhero movies and go see it, and who love that. Yeah. And and you know like the, when you look at the fair that came up before that in terms of the sort of proto. Marvel movies before mm. there were Marvel movies. You know, X Men had come out before that. Spider Man had come out before that. Like those are big, successful. Especially X Men. Yeah, X Men is kind of like what kind of like kicks off like the resurgence of like superhero films. I disagree with that. You disagree with that? I think it's Blade, 1998's Blade, oh, Blade? that kicks mm. off the superhero resurgence. And I, I, I could see that. I could see that. I, I mean, it's the first. It's the first of that generation of Marvel movies, mm-hmm. right? That were produced by Avi Arad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when you look at just how much of a trendsetter and ahead of its time it was, it's unreal. Like I see what you're saying. Avi Arad, for those of you who don't know, Marvel in the in the '90s was a dark period for American comic books. Yes. Marvel was going under. Uh, yes. DC had placed a bid. Uh, to purchase their catalog of characters. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for this toy manufacturer tycoon called Avi Arad, who gathered together a group of investors and saved Marvel mm-hmm. and then said, no, what we need to do now is to make movies. Because when you think about what had come out before in terms of Marvel, you've got a terrible Roger Corman Fantastic Four film. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have sure. Captain America, yeah. which is another canon movie, which was terrible. Um and so he comes on board, and I remember list- hearing an interview or reading it where he broke down his choice in terms of, like, why start with Blade? And he was just like, Blade is a black character. Mm-hmm. He's very urban. Mm-hmm. That's popular. That's hip. He's, vamp- he's a vampire. Vampires are going to be so big. And they're like, boy, that oh, boy, was he yeah. right, man. Yeah. Like, he caught the vampire craze before it became this... Uh, practically like a cinematic institution yeah and when you look at especially the first blade movie it was rated r Mm -hmm. wesley snipes has like six (laughs) lines in the movie yeah and it's like dark it's super gritty like that's a really down-to-earth grounded superhero book with with like it stars steven dorf you know like when like as the villain um and it also has these tacky lines but that movie was a huge success, spawned two other sequels, and if that hadn't made bank, you wouldn't have had 2000's X-Men. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So I, what I would say then, to just modify what I said previously, I still think X-Men is the one, like, in terms of, like, the public consciousness mm-hmm. of, like, popular superhero films, 
I would say Blade is like underrated because when I hear people talk about superhero films in general, like I hear X Men, yeah. I don't really hear Blade too much. Which is which is a mistake because if Blade hadn't have proven that you can make money, yeah. making these kinds of superhero movies, for sure. we wouldn't have had X Men. Sure, we wouldn't have had Spider-Man. everything. For those who of you who aren't paying attention, everything has to make money. Yes, otherwise it's not gonna happen. Hundred <laughs> percent. But yes, okay. So I'll agree with you there in terms of like the significance of Blade. I'm not saying it didn't have any significance, but I think culturally X-Men was like the larger. Well, like people, Blade Blade made it happen, but I'm saying like X-Men like X-Men think, was a known quantity. Of it was course. a valuable property. Of people knew who that what what that was about. Yeah. But X-Men I think is the one that kind of like put it in like the consciousness, mm-hmm. even though like you will have your Blade fans and Blade success obviously does pave the way for like exactly. the rest. That was my point. Yeah, of course. And uh, but that's good. Good good clarification. All right, you. thank that's you. Good. I appreciate that. Um uh, yeah, so we have X-Men that hits big. We have Spider-Man. Yep. Spider-Man 2. Yep. Both big films. Whew, huge. Right? I'm especially Spider-Man 2. I remember incredible when that came out. Everyone was like, "That's a superhero movie." Like, yeah, no. And if you want to talk about, if you want to talk about special effects that were ahead of their mm-hmm. time, you watch that train sequence oh, yeah. in Spider-Man Two yeah. with Doc Ock, blows your mind. Yeah, because that was a really co- that shot. I took months. That whole scene took months to shoot. Probably it was a it was a combination of in camera sophisticated puppeteering mm-hmm. like of the the of the the mechanical tentacles those were puppets oh, that they okay. had and then this really complex cgi that was ahead of its time mm-hmm. and man like you want to talk about giving your villains uh sort of like uh, to be more than just a kind of like cartoony black and white type of villain character like Otto octavius in that movie is neither evil nor good he's somewhere in between he has this outside influence acting on him yeah, right? it's not just i want to take over the world that's right, right you know and he's you know he within the first you know you're introduced to him and he's a successful um, very likable scientist who has a good relationship with his wife and then she dies mm-hmm. and he's sort of permanently attached to these intelligent the things yeah yeah. Oof. Anywho. So yeah. So we get that like Spider-Man, right? So we kind of see but like still a shifting. Super cartoony. Cartoony, of yeah. course, of course. Especially Spider-Man three, which I love. I know a lot of people don't like Spider-Man three. Yeah. But it's so good. I remember seeing that in the theater <laughs> when he goes like black and he has like the yeah the dancing scene, hair yeah. and he dance like that's just hilarious. I died at that. I don't know. I like things that are like comedic like that. So yeah. I know it's not what people want because again they have this idea of like realism and all that stuff well, of like how. But uh, I know, like, I understand your frustration. It's my frustration, too, right? Because I know a lot of people didn't like it because it had those, like, more silly elements to it. But, again, it's a, about a guy who shoots webs out of his freaking wrists and it's more than, dressed it was in more a yellow, than, uh, red, and blue costume. <laughs> it was more than that because you look at the first Spider-Man, which was a well, huge success, and you have Willem Dafoe yeah, chomping, on the, yeah, like, chomping on the... Yeah, chomping on the scenery. Like, yeah. he's really overdoing it in yeah. a way that's great. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. The third one is just it was it, it was such a drop in coherence compared to the other two. We were like, Yes, where did this come from? Like, why do we have you know three villains in this movie that none of them really make sense? Why is the Sandman all of a sudden a god? Yeah. You know, because in the you know, if you watch the 60s cartoons, if you read the, the early comic books, like 
the Sandman had to lure Peter Parker to a beach (laughs) in order to have, like, the upper hand on him. Very, very silly. Well, yes, I understand what you're saying. That's a little, like, plot elements, right, of the film in terms of what muddles it down. But, like, I know people, like, in terms of, like, just, like, the aesthetics of, like, how it's, like, presented... Right, so not just like story wise, because yes, those are the things that I did not like about it. Because you Brutal. had like these extra characters, Ugh. didn't have enough time to develop. Right, no. should have just had one villain to focus on, except like, trying to cram too much in. Yeah, you know that's another element, right? But I mean, just like the aesthetic, so like the Spider-Man stuff, right? Of how he how he was, and mm-hmm. like those kind of like more like fantastical, like I guess Sam Raimi like type scenes, like. If you've watched, like, Evil Dead. Like, yep. if you watch Evil Dead, like, all that stuff is there. Oh, Evil right? Dead, Army of Darkness. Yeah. You're like, like, this is the guy they hired like, to direct Spider-Man. That you shouldn't be surprised that no. it's in there, right? Because, like, this is, like, this is like classic Sam Raimi. So yeah. I, I, like, loved it, you know, or Darkman, you know. Well, I mean, Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi, when he signed on to the project, as this is, you know, as far as I know, mm-hmm. he had signed on to do four yes. Spider-Man movies. Yeah, and then the fourth one got canceled. And the fourth one got canceled, and so a lot of the elements that oh, were crammed, in were crammed into the mm. third one which is why that it's such a structural mess yeah and i think i think more than anything personally i find that p- people are responding more to that than they are to the quote-unquote like extra gobs of silliness that were in there yeah but i mean like peter parker you know topher grace's peter parker sort of works in a lot of important aspects with mm. the character mm. you know where you're like when you look at to- uh, did I say oh, Topher Grace? Topher Grace. Sorry, mean Tobey, Tobey Maguire. Maguire. When you look at... Because Topher Grace is in he's Spider-Man a, yeah. 3. He's Eddie Barack. But when you look at Tobey Maguire, the first thing that comes to your mind isn't, oh man, that guy's a superhero. In the same way when you look at Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, you know, you're like, whoa, like these guys are definitely superheroes. Yeah. Tobey Maguire, even his voice yeah. sounds like someone who is powerless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's nasal and it, it he doesn't have the sort of gravitas of the physique, the voice of the command, but he's capable of playing a three-dimensional character, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And fun fact, um, uh, Tobey Maguire was cast as Spider-Man off of the strength of his role as Homer Wells in The Cider House Rules. Really? Where Sam Raimi's mm-hmm. wife was watching that movie and she pointed to him and she said, Sam, you need to cast this kid as Spider-Man. He's okay. terrific. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. A little interesting tidbit. Yeah, there. another another yeah, tangent. Nice. That's great. I love it. No, no, okay. we're all about tangents. Thank you. Yeah. So, but okay. But you, so we still have kind of like a way. Obviously, we have a set of like um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Conventions. Yes. Right. Of 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 superhero films. Right. Yes. And how how they've been perceived by the general audience? Because it's not just like for like let's say you and I for like, cause we're people that like know film and like understand film and like watch a lot of film. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I think you have more of a comic knowledge than I do. Right. Okay. About it. Right. But just like the average person who just wants to go and watch like a movie. Right. They, yeah. they're, they're obviously coming at it, at it like a different way, which Absolutely. is fine. There's no, no issues there. Well, no, because right? you know, let's not forget that all these movies fundamentally are corporate products. They have to appeal to the masses. That's right. And it's just like, this is how do we get as many people into movie theaters as we can? Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, how do we sell this thing? Mm-hmm. This isn't, these aren't, these aren't, these aren't auteur no, no. movies. No, no. And they, they never art house films. No, and they never are. (laughs) You know, they, that's why I don't understand, you know, we want to talk about trends like this trend that, that has recently sort of surged of politicizing these movies, Mm -hmm. 
where you're just like, no, like, you know, some, for some reason, movies like Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel become um, sort of mainstays of political movements. Yeah. And you're going like, whoa, like these are like these are corporate products. Yeah. Like these are meant to, you know, sell toys and video games and get people to see movies. Yeah. Like these shouldn't be part of that conversation. Like there are more important texts and works and stories oh. that are way more relevant to to any kind of political conversation. For sure. You know, like uh, I, 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 it boggles the mind that we that we champion these characters because they're not. That's not what they're. In, that's not what they're intended for. In, at least in these vehicles. Yeah. You know? No. No. Like, even as their comics, yeah, like they're meant to sell comics, meant to sell toys, meant to get you to watch movies, buy the DVD. That's right. Buy posters, buy T-shirts. Yeah, like, that's the main point. Yeah, but the films themselves aren't like the political movement. I don't no. know why people attach. That's to right. Them. I find that I find that it undermines really well, important conversations, really important topics, mm-hmm. and 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 debates that we should be having. Hey, again, it's me post-production pavlo that's where we're going to end it for today's episode so for the next part part two make sure uh you go and check next week and if it's already in the future when you hear this it's already available so you can go check it out there peace